You can't just file restraining orders randomly. Like, which is such bullshit. It's I would file a restraining order against so many people. It would be so much fun. Dude, I would file a restraining order against Marshall Mathers so that he knows I exist and he has to acknowledge my existence. See, that would be good. <laughs> that See, that's really like, good. Stop being obsessed with me. Marshall. That's, uh, Marshall, stop. He's, the judge says stop. Literally, stop calling me so much. Do you exactly. need my number? I haven't. Do you, do you need the number? Stop calling me at 323. Three. I hate it. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, my name is Stephen Green. That's, wow. Okay, so formal. Um, so we have some more questions from you. And I don't, you know, I don't know why, because you know, we are not experts on this. Just a disclaimer once again. But you asked, so take our answers very, very seriously. And literally. And, and professionally. And expertly. And share them with your friends. We are masters of everything masters of all trades that's correct jacks of nothing i mean i i'm i'm not that what you're not a jack i'm not a jack i'm a steve that's what i just said so we're jacks of nothing okay thank you yeah you're welcome all right so are you ready for our first question hell yeah or do you want to keep being on your phone i'm not i'm not really doing much on my phone what are you doing on your phone i'm swapping um a current cryptocurrency for cryptocurrency oh it's done though all right, okay, cool. Yep. Okay, so... Pretty incredible you can do that with your phone, by the way, but hey, nobody cares about that, I guess. Yeah, pretty incredible you can do it in the middle of a podcast while we're recording a That podcast. is actually incredible, considering so how incredible. cumbersome blockchain used to be. Pretty incredible that you can be present in the activity that you're doing. Pretty incredible that when that. you get an alert from a, a tip from a friend to swap something for something, that you can just do it on the fly. Pretty incredible that my it's husband's an idiot. It's pretty... It's. I don't think I'm an idiot. Men. I don't think I am. I'm a professional at this. My opinions are... 100% truth facts fact check it all right here's the first question please help should i reconsider being a ride or die compliments are here all right i like this title hi nikki and steve it's been a long i've been a longtime fan of the both of you since i was a teenager oh my god oh wow how old are you now she's like i'm, I'm 40 now yeah. <laughs> uh nikki i've always looked up to you like an older sister i never had but always wanted oh I always wanted a younger sister. I'm sure Steve and I can both agree that watching you find your next hobby is both the most, most endearing and the most enjoyable thing to witness. It's my favorite thing. Do you want to know what my next hobby is? Well, I don't know if it's this is it yet. I haven't decided, but it might be learning piano. Anyway. Exactly. Because we, I don't know if we can announce it yet, but we're looking at a house that has a formal sitting room when you walk in and I don't need two sitting rooms. So why not put a piano there? But I don't know how to play piano. So I'm going to learn. No, 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 no. You don't get to just do that. What? You have to tell them what you told me. You have to tell them the grand vision that you had <laughs> that made you even want to take piano lessons in the first place. You idiot. Okay. So no. So yes. this uh, is why they find you endearing. Go what ahead. I like about that idea. Okay. First of all, I think a baby grand piano would look sick in that room. And so then I was looking at prices for it and I was like, ah, oh, shit, they're like a hundred grand or whatever. But then you can get a used one for like eight grand. So I was like, all right, I'll start with a keyboard and then <laughs> we'll work our way up. But the whole point is I'm going to take, I'm going to take lessons. I'm going to learn piano on the down low. No one's even going to know. Like, I'm just going to do it on the down low, full on lessons, practicing every freaking day, scales up the asshole. And then when I'm at someone's house, or no, when they come over to our, house, over our house, they come over to our house and the piano is the first thing people see and they'll be like, oh, you play? And I'll be like, a little. And then they'll and be like, oh, what do you have? Yeah. And I'll do, I'll be like, hey, Jude. 
don't let me down. I always felt like I maybe knew a piano in my past life because I come up, I like feel like I can express my emotions through playing a piano, but I just don't know the actual technical skill of it. Wonderful. Thank you so, for that. So there you, you go, guys. She, anyway, had a, she just literally was had that a endearing? vision. Was it, she's like, I take it back. It's not endearing anymore. Exactly. All right. Anyway, um, Steve, I truly respect your insight and how compassionate and thoughtful you are. It's meant a lot to have been able to cheer you both on throughout the years. You're the best. Thank you oh, so no. much. She actually listens to me. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a disaster. At least someone does. <laughs> Am I True. right? Am I right? Wives? <laughs> <laughs> now on to why i finally wrote a submission to the show my 22f boyfriend oh my she's a 22f boyfriend 23m has been out of a job since may 2021 after he quit his last job was there under two weeks due to harsh working conditions his previous job before that was a long-term serving job that stopped due to covid since then he has been relying on employment insurance in our country that gives him about a thousand dollars per month i found out tonight that it stopped two weeks ago i asked him why he hadn't told me and he said it wasn't a big deal and that he didn't have to tell me although i understand he was speaking defensively that rubbed me the wrong way because that was his only source of income and i'm supposed to be his partner He's had the opportunity to look for new work for six months now, but never really gave it any effort stating that he doesn't want to work minimum wage at our local mall. But in my opinion, I believe he just liked getting paid to stay home and play video games all day. Absolutely. Of course he did. Since the beginning of our almost two-year relationship, I've had to encourage him to go after everything. I held him accountable to get his driver's license. I encouraged him to apply to college and even paid for his application, still on the wait list. I helped him get into his last job, and I really have been there for him since the beginning. I think not being able to graduate from high school made his belief in himself shatter, because from what I know, that's when it started. But I don't believe that holds any merit to how smart and amazing of a person he is. He's one of my best friends and he supported me through a, a lot. He does stuff like insisting on waking up at 5 a.m. just to drive me to work or make sh making sure we work through our issues by communicating. He's always been patient and kind and I love him so much. He's my first everything, my first love, and I want to be there for him like he is with me. The only real issue I have in our relationship is this. But still, there's moments like this where I question the longevity of this relationship. Can we really grow together if I'm the main one pushing us forward? Do I just give up on him? He's told me that the best thing I can do to support him is just is to just be there, not necessarily to quote-unquote fix or quote-unquote push. So how do I balance wanting to encourage him with knowing he's not my responsibility, understanding that he is his own responsibility? Should I stay a ride or die and just be a little more patient? Or am I only looking for the potential and not really what's in front of me? I really appreciate both of your insight. Thank you so much, lover girl. Oh, she gave even gave herself her own, her own little pseudonym. pseudonym. And this, that's her name. What if that was her birth name? Lover girl. That would be really <laughs> tragic. Um, why? What if, the, oh, now you made all the lover girls cry out there. I guess so. It's more um, about their parents, so the shame on their parents. This is a great question because I feel like a lot of people can relate to this situation. Especially oh, right now. Yeah. Um, I also, I want to avoid giving general statements. Oh, God, that'll be hard. <sighs> I know, but I, I just have to say in my experience, males take a little longer to catch up to like mature that's just in my experience that's personal experience that's anecdotal and also i'm an expert and everything i say is 100 percent fact it's very true but um yeah i i feel How like so? what do you mean um i feel like they need a little more pushing i don't know in the in just in my experiences there, mm -hmm. of course there's always i know a lot of males that are go-getters and um like they they have goals and they achieve but I feel like, I don't know, maybe just the guys that I've dated, I've had to push a little bit more. Mm. Or, 
you have guys, and this is like not just gender based, obviously, uh, but you have both men and women who, because um, I also know women in this category, that uh, they mean well, they want to do these things, and they just kind of put them off and put them off and put them off, and they're procrastinating, and then you called them out on it, and then and then they got defensive. Yeah, because that's what it sounds like. Yeah, <clears throat> it also sounds like he's going through something that. Um, it's a pride thing. Yeah, it's a pride thing. And yeah, he's going through something where maybe he feels down about shit already. And so you bringing it up makes him feel defensive. So he's like, just be there for me. So you can kind of hear that and what he's saying. Yeah. Um, but you're not wrong to feel this way. Um, you know, I just don't think that him saying it's my business was really him saying it's my business. <laughs> I think he was just trying to get you yeah. get you to leave him alone about it. When she it. said that, it really reminded me of that time where you bought a Bitcoin and I was like, why didn't you let me know? And you're like, you're not my wife. It's not, you're not, you're not part of my financial decisions. And I was like, geez, I just wanted to be invited to the fucking party, but now I'm against Bitcoin. <laughs> and then I had to like be against it in spite of you. You had to eat crow too later. No, I was like, I never, it wasn't because I didn't believe in it. No, I, I just know. wanted you to lose because you didn't include me. I understand. And and then I, I let it go. I know. Clearly. You clearly did. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I don't think that this is cause to, to drop the dude unless no. unless there's something more that I'm not hearing here. He's young too. That's why I was saying in general because I just think, when I think young dude, I just think sometimes need to catch up. You know, like even we've gone through periods of time where like, you were in between things and you were figuring out your shit yeah. and you would be playing video games and I would get a little frustrated because I felt like I was working all over the place, but you were playing video games to like kind of get your mind cleared, mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of times, and I do the same thing, um, but I just didn't put it into perspective at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that like when you're really like stressing out about something, like it may not be that he's just in like leisurely playing video games all day. But it was also um, good that you were asking me. Yeah. It was good because nobody needs to sit there and play games all day. Uh, I definitely, you know, there was a, a couple months where I, I probably could have pulled that off. But having you um, making it not so comfortable to do that. Yeah. It was actually very beneficial to me uh, <laughs> to get me through that. Because what, what really happened is my grandfather passed away. And, uh, yeah, I just sort of didn't know how to deal with it. And so yeah. for a couple of weeks, I, I, that's just the uh, only thing well, that no, got my mind off of it. Yeah. But the, I guess I didn't understand that timing because this was like a year and a half later. Uh, I'm talking about like literally the week after. Oh no, no I'm not talking about that. Oh, that was, you were emotional on, it was like during, it was like, it was like a year and a half later, Oh okay. but it was in between things. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. were in between projects. Right. But you hadn't gotten your next project yet. Oh, that's right. And yeah, you okay. Were, yeah. I remember that. And you were kind of like still waiting to get paid on the other projects. Yes. So. That was a frustrating I time. felt like we were just polar opposites in how busy we were. And, you know, as the partner that's the busy one, sometimes you can get a little resentful. And so the communication is so good. Like if you like bringing that up right away is the best thing you could have done yeah. because otherwise that resentment builds and it doesn't need to, it, it really doesn't need to build like that. And he's getting defensive, but I feel like if his intentions really are to provide or to, or to like level up, um, he's going to do it and you're, and you're going to see and maybe give yourself a waiting period because if he doesn't change, if he doesn't do anything to, to go for it in the next, you know, 
six to eight months, exactly. then maybe it is just a part of his personality. I would say though, if if um, if somebody can just sit there and play video games all day and they don't have a goal or they don't have something they're they're working towards in some sense, yeah, that's they're probably depressed or something's going on. Yeah, because I don't know how else to categorize that, and I would say that maybe they need to get some help or go to therapy because that it just doesn't seem like I don't know what you accomplish from that other than just living every day in stasis. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're like literally um, on Twitch or something and you're somehow getting income from it. Right. You're working towards something, which it doesn't yeah. sound like this is the case. Cause no. I feel like she would have mentioned that. Um, I just want to get a couple more <clears throat> details. Uh, okay. So yeah. So he's really supportive. He wakes up at 5am to mm-hmm. drive her to work and stuff. So I feel like he does have, that in him to want to be a dependable person. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I would definitely like talk about therapy, maybe bring it up. I would. And yeah. you should communicate with the guy more. Like I know it seems like you're bugging him, but you should communicate more because if you're telling us that you're this like concerned, you should be telling him that you're this concerned. Yeah. You dig? Yeah. I mean, and you're both right. Like he isn't, he shouldn't be your responsibility, but as a supportive partner, a way to encourage without, you know, being a nag is just like to encourage him to work through his own issues on him by himself. Yeah. Like that. Or to maybe seek therapy. Yeah. Like that. I mean, work on himself through with therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. No catchy title, but I would like some advice if you pick me. All right. Well, let's see what we what advice we have to offer. Hi, Nikki and Steve. First, I would like to say I've been a huge fan of the podcast and vlogs for years. Since you came on JK, your Nikki's vibe is very similar to mine, and I find myself relating to you on so many things. Oh, my God. Thank you. I mean, awesome. Uh, thank you. Is that a compliment? Yes. 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 I accept. Um, I have the greatest respect for you both and the way you cherish each other and the dedication to making your relationship work, as well as how you are authentically yourselves with your fans and never fake anything. It's so refreshing. Thank you. Sometimes to our own detriment. Um, also, I adore the jewelry line. I missed the fuck perfect launch, but I ordered from every limited edition launch so far. I fucking love the pieces. Way to go, Nikki. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I This has been like my favorite thing to do right now. I mean, besides should they don't tell you, obviously. Obviously. But yes, we have new pieces coming. God, I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, kittensandcoffee.com if you haven't heard. Jewelry line. Okay. Now my dilemma. I'm sorry this might be a long one. So I work with this guy who completely ignores my existence. Oh, no. He and his friend always uh, often walk down the same aisle as me. And the aisle is so small, I find myself pressed against shelves so they have space to walk. Oh. I'm the type to make myself small to make others comfortable. I'm also very shy and have terrible social anxiety. Taking, uh, talking to people gives me panic attacks and ca- can cause me to cry. So I never try to speak to them. He and I often almost collide into each other, uh, <laughs> rounding corners or leaving room. Sorry, this sounds like a rom-com, so that's why I keep laughing. Because yes. in my head, like you're pressed up against the shelf and he yes. like brushes by you. And then you keep, oops, like spilled your coffee. Clumsy you ran into him. Very similar. And like they go, oh, are you okay? And you then, both dropped your briefcases and you're picking up each other's papers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, you've run into each other rounding corners or leaving rooms. And I notice I always say, excuse me. He never does and never even looks down at me. (laughs) Okay. Which is normal. If you almost bump into someone, right? You look and at least acknowledge them by sight. Uh, I've also started noticing he walks away when I enter the same aisles as him. (laughs) 
Oh no, I don't follow him, but he sometimes is scheduled to work in my department. So it happens we would both end up on the same aisle, but he leaves when he notices me around and comes back when I'm gone. Once when we were walking down the main aisle, he nearly ran into something trying to put a distance between us. Mind you, there was tons of space and two people already between us. I will note that when I started working there, he didn't run away at the sight of me. We had even made eye contact often. I thought maybe he was into me considering how much he would stare when I walked by. It made me uncomfortable. I don't like being stared at, but I overheard him hitting on on this girl that we work with, so that is not the case. Also, it doesn't seem like he is, is some social butterfly. He hangs around the same few people, but he at least acknowledges when other people are around and steps aside for them if need be. When we almost run into each other, he doesn't even move I, aside, I have to slip around him to get away. These situations happen often as it's um, a smallish building and I tend to be all over the place trying to help others and clean. I try to tell myself it doesn't matter. He isn't required to speak to me or be near me. He has every right not to acknowledge someone who makes him uncomfortable, although I genuinely don't know what I did. He, I was interested in him before. He's physically exactly my type, but I never stared at him, nor did I ever follow him or show any type of interest in him, mostly because I didn't know I didn't know him. He could have a girlfriend, wife, or he could be gay. You never know. I I know it's selfish to look at it and say, acknowledge me, random guy I don't know. And I'm not excusing myself, but being ignored can devastate me as it stems from some unaddressed childhood slash adulthood trauma. There have been many, many instances in my life where my existence was forgotten or ignored by the people around me and my voice and opinions were silenced because someone else thought what they had to say to, or do was far more important than me and my feelings. I've always shrunk around people to give them space and put their their feelings and comfort ahead of my own, even sacrificing important things like time with friends, money, and jobs. I love I to we got it. be a better, f- okay. Uh, look, I think your biggest problem is that for some reason you're seeking approval from people who you don't know. And we all do it. We all fall into this trap sometimes. But I, but I think that, you know, if I don't know somebody, the idea that I need their approval this bad is a huge mistake to make in your life. Um, like I could... You know, you could you could take some stranger that you don't know and they don't like you and you could spend your entire like week trying to convince them why you're worthy of their attention, but you don't know them to to care about their attention or their um, any of that stuff, the respect, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does stem from a childhood thing. I get why you relate to me because I would feel the same way and I do feel that way a lot of times. Um and and being on the internet doesn't help because like most of the times you can brush off comments but then sometimes or you get a comment or two that you're like it just catches you at the wrong time and then you just can't stop thinking about it and you start to like go introspectively and psychoanalyze your whole existence um yes but uh yeah therapy definitely helps with that one of the best things i heard recently is you know unfortunately having to do with the death of norm mcdonald like this came out from that but his friends coming out and saying um you know, it, he was always, you could tell that he loved it when people got him. And I really related to that because I, you know, I, I put, I put a, um, I'm very real about who I am on the internet, but there's definitely like, you know, my, the, the troll part of my brain, that's very much part of me. That's very much who I am. But part of it is almost like a, I don't care if you like me or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I mean by this. And so, like, all I'm trying to do in this situation is create laughter from people. And if you don't get it, that's that's fine. You go go forward in your life. It's, it's all good. But the people who do get me, who do get it, 
I hope that they enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think that comes from um, really learning to love yourself. So, you know, doing things on your own time that make you feel like you have purpose in the world, that make you like have things that you look forward to and you have joy about so that this guy isn't even... He's not even uh, in your peripheral. Like he doesn't, he doesn't even matter because right now he matters so much because it's just like another thing that's triggering you. But if you have so much going on and you like know why you're there and you're busy, like you're fucking busy, okay? Like this, whatever, dude, ignore me or don't. I don't care. Like you you have stuff to do, people to see. And um, I think one thing that might really help you, and this is just like a mental trick, is walking like you always have somewhere to be. Like I... I feel like I walk like I always have somewhere to be and it's really helpful because I don't I don't have time to think about what other people are thinking about me because I'm thinking about where I need to go and what I need to be doing. And I think if you just always kind of I think if you think that way, like you know, and then if someone needs you, then they can they can ask for your attention, but then you're not constantly thinking about everybody. I was pigeon-toed growing up and it, it was it's still really hard for me to walk past a group of people or like a group of guys especially well especially guys but a group of people because i think that they're all looking at how i'm walking and making fun of me secretly right because that would happen all the time and so especially if they get quiet when i walk by and it really it bothered me you know for the, a long time and sometimes maybe it would still bother me if i ever left my house but i haven't experienced it in a while Very true. um but yeah uh but the way to get out of that is just like whatever talk about me then like you're spending your time talking about me then or thinking about me if this guy is really going out of his way because he's so uncomfortable and he's spending his energy thinking about you and it doesn't even need to be the other way around exactly right yeah so i would just find something for you to focus your energy on that doesn't involve him. That's just a you thing. I mean, think about what you just did. You just wrote a huge email about this guy who yeah. like doesn't even know you. He doesn't know one thing about you. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's not where you should be focusing. That's all. Yeah. There's a deeper issue there, but, and the way to resolve it is to. And that goes for a lot of you out there yeah. who obsess about people who don't even know you. I really do think that it's important to. Yeah. To realize not everyone's going to like you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. It's a hard lesson. But it is. Because especially for people pleasers. You'll change yourself to make yourself more liked and then that like will be fleeting anyway because you'll you'll get your self-worth from other people liking you yeah instead of from yourself yeah so yeah horrible idea that i believe do things for yourself not for the validation or the fear of being disliked yeah we're rooting for you out there yeah uh you're big to us lover woman lover woman lover girl no lover girl is the other one lover woman yeah lover woman human Next question. Okay, this one says, thank you plus new short question. Hi, guys. It's Alligator Pants. Oh, hey, Alligator Pants. Hello there. Just wanted to say thanks so much for answering my last email. I was so pleasantly surprised. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for writing. Um, I'm I'm the 23-year-old girl with mental illness who was freaking out about dating, and I was rambling a bit about my trauma. So sorry for that. You don't notice until it's read out loud. Ha ha. No bigs. (laughs) I get that. No bigs. I was spiraling and have a lot going on, but you cheered me up so much. I've been speaking to the guy I liked and apologized for ghosting, and I just said I was anxious and wasn't used to dating, and he was very understanding. He doesn't know about the past sex work yet, but I hope he might understand that too, and thank you for being so supportive about that. You're right. It will be irrelevant when I'm 80, and I wish I had pals like you guys. Aw. New short question. To be honest, I'm thinking 
thinking of just packing up and moving to another city or state or even another country because there's really nothing for me here and I'd love to make new friends and get away from family for a while. Most of the people I'm around just don't understand me. They have linear career paths and traditional life paths and views, whereas I'm a creative, I'm accepting of all kinds of people and I feel restricted and want to explore. I think there's more out there for me. Do you have any advice on this? Have you ever moved somewhere alone? How do you know if you're ready to move and finally take the plunge, especially with anxiety slash ADHD slash depression, et cetera? All right. Look for signs. Alligator pants. Look for signs, alligator pants. I tell you what, for some reason, this has worked pretty well for me and Nikki, but we usually talk about our intent to do something. So like, you know, when we were going to buy our house that we're in right now, mm-hmm. we um, we were looking at a lot of places and Nikki was like fomoing. Like, if I don't get a house, we'll die in our apartment. I thought I was going to die in our we'll apartment. We'll die of old age in our apartment. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. What are you talking about? But she, you know, she, she very much was like, we got to do this now. And everywhere we went, it just wasn't right. Like, not it wasn't exactly what we wanted. And I didn't want to buy something and potentially spend like a decade there not getting what we wanted. Mm -hmm. But once we walked into the place that we're in right now, we both had a eureka moment. We looked at each other and we're like, holy shit, this is it. Yeah. And it was like balls to the wall from there. But so it takes that, it takes that kind of like, oh, I know I want this. Yeah. I, um, I'm hesitant because sometimes you can trick yourself into thinking that you have a gut feeling because you just want it, want to go with your whim and want to justify it. Um, So I would really question yourself of, am I, what am I doing this for? Like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this to run away or am I doing this to seek approval somewhere? Because if you're doing it for any reason other than the adventure of life in you, that is like sparked joy by creating something new. If you're doing it because maybe you're trying to get away from family, this is why it worries me because you mentioned like getting away from family. You are not, I don't think you'll find the level of happiness you're seeking because you are, wherever you go, your problems tend to follow you. Um, So think about that. And then if you and it takes a lot of honesty. You have to be really honest with yourself. Yes. Um, and if you still are like, and if you're like, I don't know, um, maybe just take a vacation. Like try it, like maybe take two weeks somewhere first because you're talking about a drastic change. You're talking about moving somewhere alone in a different state, in a different country. That's a lot of like, you have to go get a new driver's license. Like you have to register in that state or that country. You have, if you're going to a country, you have to think about work visas. That's a lot of planning, you know? And if, so if you're just doing something on a whim, I just would... I would like you to even as a uh, as a fellow creative person put a lot of consideration into where you're moving to and why like some research because for example we are moving to Vegas mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like this seems random like why would you I mean you both lived in California so long I lived I've lived here my whole life um are you why are you guys doing this you know and I we've I've actually done a lot of research like a lot of back and forth a lot of pros and cons lists a lot of been to vegas a bunch (laughs) yeah we went there a lot we went to the area that we plan on moving to and spent time in the neighborhoods and like really envisioned what it would be like to live there like because sometimes a, a place is fun to go to but not fun to live there and for the longest time i felt very much like vegas was one of those places that's just fun to go to not to live there but then our friends moved there a few years ago, two of our best friends, shout out to Chad and V, and they love it. 
And they they like they're like we're never moving anywhere else. Like we love it. And here. every time we see them, they still love it. And they yeah, for years it's been now. years because I was like, give it a year. Yeah, you know, we thought let's, they'd come back see. and yeah, yeah. Let's have them test it out. And they they love it. They still love it. And their house is gorgeous, so makes sense. But um, and Bart's out there. He fucking loves it. Yeah. So it's not a lot of people I know that have moved out there uh, recently from California to the Summerlin or Henderson areas. Um, they love it and. It's not just I'm going because other people love it, but there is a lot of the financial aspects, the um, just the spark of life aspects, the opportunity I feel like that is out there versus what I already know is here. Um, I just think that it's a it's a good adventure for us, and there's a lot of like logic and intuition reasons for going. So I just want to make sure that you have carefully considered. And we both kind of locked it on at the same time, kind of same yeah. shit. Like we both were really kind of flirting with it for a while, but then- We were on the fence for so long. But then it just just happened to us. Like, like we just woke up like, I don't know, a month ago or something. And yeah. we're like, yeah, we're ready it's for It's because we were driving downtown and it, the traffic was so crazy and we looked around and we were just like, the, yeah, this ain't it for us this anymore. This isn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It used to fill us with joy yeah. driving through the city. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we knew. It's just time, but figure it out. Um, like just really, you know, meditate on it maybe. Uh, and, but okay, wait, one, one last thing before we go to break, because you mentioned, well, how do I do that? Being single with ADHD and uh, I'll be alone. Uh, I actually think that starting fresh helps my, helps me. Like it, I love starting new things because of that. Cause it's like the slate is clear, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have to live up to any expectations cause I'm, I'm starting brand new. There's like, nobody knows me there. You know, I like that. I, I like don't know. That too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to go on a break, but when we come back, we're going to answer more of your questions. So don't freaking go anywhere. Burbs. Buy whatever we tell you to buy. Sell whatever we tell you to sell. Your soul. But don't sell your soul. I just told them to sell their soul. It's too late. Please don't sell your soul. Sell your soul, guys. It's fine. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker, and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And now we are moving on to the next question. This one says, open for compliment-induced serotonin rush and relationship questions. Hee <laughs> hee. Okay. 
Hey, Nikki and Steve. I just want to tell you guys how much I love your podcast and how much it has inspired me to pursue my passions and also myself. I first found Nikki through Big Mood and immediately got hooked to that podcast. Then I heard about this show and can't express how beautiful, wonderful, and funny this podcast is. If I ever saw you guys in public, I think I'd pee myself from excitement and that's how much I admire you guys. Oh my, oh my thank God, you that's so, much. so sweet. No one's peed yet. No one has peed. And no, I, I first peer. have not, I've been very disappointed. Yeah. I'm like, am I not pee worthy? Because if I ever met Eminem, I would... All the bodily fluids are coming out. Yeah. They're all coming Especially out. Especially the poop one. Oh, she says, side note, I recently saw a funny story and loved it. I can't stop recommending it to my friends. You both did an amazing job working on the film. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. You're amazing. What a great Funny story person. available on VOD. Uh, here's my question. I'll try to keep this short because I know you like short emails. <laughs> you pay attention. Please keep my anon- keep me anonymous and give me a fun nickname. What's your nickname? Um, fun girl. Funny girl. I said fun girl. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You just made it not I'm fun. I'm so sorry. Fun girl. Thank you. Please don't hurt me. <coughs> Can you stop coughing? Sorry. I'm about to read more. Okay. My ex was dealing with PTSD from a near-death experience and was facing a lot of mental health issues, particularly survivor's guilt and suicide. Oh, Damn. Fuck, that's hard. I was dealing with my own depression and anxiety, and we were both in a very, very dark place. His insecurities quickly manifested into jealousy about the people I was hanging out with, and we ended up fighting a lot about where I was and who I was with. It got so bad that I basically had to push away all my friends for almost two years. Oh, God. Because he didn't like me hanging out with other people if he wasn't around. Ugh. Disgusting. Because we were so young, and also we are each other's first sexual partners, we ended up having sex a lot. At first, it was great, but once I felt him isolating me from others and getting into heated arguments all the time, I didn't feel the same way towards him sexually. There were many times I was coerced into having sex, and as a result, I have some trauma with that. It's gotten to the point where I can't have sex with new partners unless I'm drunk. I don't want to be this way. I've actually come a long way since then. I mean, I still have trouble having sober sex, but I'm working on it. I've had a few sexual partners since then, but I've also unfortunately experienced some other uncomfortable sexual experiences with some of those partners. Oh, man. I'm now 21 and have been actively dating for about a year now, but I can't seem to allow myself to be vulnerable with anyone. My attachment style is extremely avoidant now, by the way, LMAO, but I genuinely want to connect with someone romantically. I guess I'm just a little wounded emotionally, LOL. My ex was extremely codependent on me and minimized my feelings and my independence. My question is, how do I get over the fear of loss of independence when entering a new relationship? How do I allow myself to feel vulnerable with someone else? This may be too touchy and y'all don't have to answer this one, but if have you ever experienced sexual trauma? How did you heal and what was the healing process like for you? I'm also, I also feel that it's necessary to mention that I'm seeking therapy for these issues now. I was just wondering what you guys thought, what thoughts you guys had on that matter. I love you both. We love you too, fun we girl. We love you. Yeah, wow. Listen, wherever you're getting your therapy, I promise you they'll have a better answer than what we're about to give you. Um, but, you know, I have ne- I've never gone through any kind of sexual trauma. So I, it's hard for me to tell you what to do. Um. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I have had experiences with that, but not to a level that it completely shut me off. I would say it shut me off for like, uh, maybe like six months and then things started to heal and it, I don't really feel like I had a process for it though. I think I just, it was just a general healing process. Like, like all the general mental health healing stuff, mm-hmm. not just sexual trauma based. So I can't speak to your situation because it's personal and, um, everyone processes trauma differently. Um, but I can say that, I th- yeah, I'm I'm happy that you're in therapy. 
Um, I I hope that you can one day, you know, have sex without being drunk because I think sometimes alcohol also inhibits intimacy, true intimacy. Mm-hmm. You can feel sexual or like lust feelings, but like the true intimacy, I don't know. I feel like I've only really, ex- well, I've, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't, I'm trying to make a statement, but <clears throat> that I'm trying to fact check myself midway. And I'm like, have I had intimate experiences while uh, drunk? Yeah, I have actually. Because I was like, when we first were together, we mm-hmm. had a few margaritas beforehand. Yeah, for sure. And I still felt like very much like we were making love. But, oh, God, yeah. um, but I've also had a lot, you know, sober. So I hope that it doesn't take substances to feel that way forever for you. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, the avoidancy thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so you were with a very possessive partner. You were, he was not codependent on you. You were codependent on him. He was a narcissist. Yes. And uh, uh, he was uh, controlling you. Like, that's what, that's a, a very. He was using his situation to control you. It was a very quintessential narcissistic um, thing is to isolate Mm -hmm. the people. And then you as a codependent are there to serve his needs. And then he gets to use what happened to him, which is horrible, Mm -hmm. um, uh, to betray the reasons why you can't do this to him. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a woe is me narcissism like and then you're yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so I'm very sorry that happened to you. You should have never been coerced into anything sexually, but I understand uh, especially you're so young and that's only sometimes that's how we learn, you know? Like you how would you know? There's some shit they don't tell you. They don't tell you about it before you actually go through that experience and you're like, "Wait, I don't think this was right." And so I'm glad that you see that that was not right um, because you have to consciously break that pattern. If you're drawn to those type of people, it might happen again if you're not consciously breaking that pattern. So which is why it may have, maybe with those other partners, you might have attracted the same exact type because I don't know why, but it's like magnets to each other. Mm -hmm. Narcissists and codependents just, they attract each other Mm -hmm. and you have to break the cycle. Getting therapy really helps with that. Uh, The independence thing, you should feel, okay, when you're single, are you happy? Do you like being with yourself? Because when you can get to a point where you love being with yourself, doing all your independent hobbies, having your friends, you have your own full life alone, single, like you have your friend group, you have your family, you have your job or financials, you're, you're doing life and you're having, and you're finding joy in it alone, then you have a standard like no one's allowed to take that away from you yeah they can only add to it so when you meet somebody and you're you start to get in a relationship with them you should not feel restricted in any way you should feel like you can still do all of the same things that you were doing when you were single besides having sex with other people if you're not in an open relationship um but pretty much the same things that brought you joy as single you should still be able to do them with your partner there and if your partner is making you feel bad for doing any of those things, like going out with your friends or anything, then that's a conversation you guys need to have. But mostly that that's a red flag, you yeah, know, and you time. and what you should be, you know, kind of doing is recognizing red flags earlier and earlier. The conversation is, why don't you trust me there? You have no reason not to trust me. I deserve respect. Mm-hmm. And if you give me none, then I'm gone. Yes. That's really the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And 
Um, but as far as being avoidant goes, don't just think, oh, red flag, um, bye, gone, I'm going to ghost you. Like, have the conversation, at least. Give them the respect of the conversation, because sometimes there's misunderstandings. Absolutely. Uh, Communication's the best. But yeah, if they ever try to, if they try to take away things that, or make you feel bad or guilty for doing things that bring you joy that's not not hurting them or the relationship, then... Mm. I can't imagine no. doing that to Nikki. No. The idea of that is like gross to me. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. Like you, when you're with somebody and you trust them, it's it's I mean, it's just so secondhand really. You just don't even think about it. Especially I like doing a lot of things alone. Like, like a lot of things. <laughs> like I have like a lot of hobbies and yeah. I just like to I need a, I require a lot of alone time to yeah. do hobbies. So and I'm very thankful to have a partner that that doesn't make me feel bad for doing that. I'm like, go do your thing. Yeah, have at it. And I'm, you gotta, and you, you have to love them for for the reasons why they are who they are. Yeah, and it makes me love them more. Yeah, because you, I, I feel you, all misty you feel free. I know because I feel free, and it it makes me sad to because I've been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there with the people that don't make you feel free. That yeah. like try to. It's like they're smug. It's like they're just crushing you with yep. their hands. Yep. And um, even though it wasn't in a sexual way for me. Uh, there was this very abusive relationship I was in um, that was, uh, it's really weird to be able to describe it because it was an abusive relationship exactly like this, but it wasn't romantically. It was a business relationship, a quote unquote business relationship. But this guy got all up in my personal life, was calling my family, was um, getting me, trying to get me to break up with my boyfriends, was threatening to sue me all the time and kept me like, un and then he did eventually sue me, but he kept me, he kept me and a lot of other people under their thumb. He would call and like lecture for two hours. If I, he would call 10 times a day. And if I didn't answer the phone once I would get a lecture. Um, it was, it was very, he would always tell me I was fat and like that I wasn't going to make it, that I sucked. Like it was very, very emotionally abusive and so draining. And uh, it made me feel so unfree. I felt like I was literally a bird in a cage looking at the outside world and not able to participate. And I wasn't allowed to do anything without calling him and telling him first. If he caught me out doing something, he and he would he would call me, and if I didn't answer, he'd get mad. But if I did answer and I was out doing something, I didn't tell him first. He would he would get he would threaten to sue me. Like yeah. it was so weird. Like looking back on that time, I'm like, how did that ever happen? But you just don't know what you don't know until you go through it. And I was so young, and um and yeah, he had all of those behavioral patterns of. It's like a very abusive, controlling, narcissist personality. Um, so, yeah, that will never happen again. Just make a promise to yourself that you'll never let that happen, and then you won't. You don't have to be scared of it happening exactly. again because you won't let it happen again. And the minute it starts happening again, you're going to take a stand, and you're going to say, I don't accept a behavior like this. Yeah, you got to trust yourself. Yeah, and that's it. And you're not in a contract with anybody. You're, they're not allowed to, to take anything away from you. So, yeah. You got this you out got there. got this, uh, fun girl. <laughs> Not funny. Sorry. I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you. Thank I'm you. so, so sorry. Okay. Next, we have... We have... My ex-girlfriend is stalking me. <clears throat> oh, no. Hey, Icebreaker and Iceman. Breaker, Breaker, one, two, three. Hello. Iceman reporting in. Uh, love the podcast, and I'm currently binge listening on YouTube while I work my night job as a janitor. Oh my god, yay! Nice. As of the time of typing this, I'm on episode 122. Holy wow. shit, God! You're far. Anyway, I'll try to sum this up. My name is Isaac Romero, 21 male. 
I broke up with my girlfriend of five months, ex now, and a, a few weeks ago because I just wasn't happy within this relationship. She wouldn't get, she would get upset over small things like not kissing her goodbye after a date, wondering why I'm not talking during a conversation. She didn't realize she was giving small responses like, yeah, so true, wow. And just overall oh, childish things. I, and I've had it. I did some reevaluations and realized I wasn't happy. I also took some advice from your podcast. So I did what the Iceman said and I broke up with her. Broke yeah, up. Fuck yeah. uh, but she would not leave my house when I broke it off with her. She was shouting, break up with me another day and blocking my driveway, almost making me late for class. My neighbors were watching and live across and I live across from an elementary. Now she won't leave me alone. She keeps on texting me and trying to re return my clothes as an excuse to see me. And she left me a cryptic note on my car that said, I love you. <clears throat> it's not that cryptic i gotta say <laughs> I've, I've blocked her number on and on all social media but she knows i have a wind and ensemble performance on october 8th oh what wind instrument do you play uh, if she shows up to try to talk to me i want to get a restraining order should i go that far what other measures can i take okay uh definitely first tell her to stop if you haven't yeah. already yeah make it very clear very clear i think it's pretty clear like do well it doesn't You're sound not hitting her back or anything no she he broke up with her yeah. but and he blocked her but he didn't clearly say stop okay I okay see. so just just put that out there make sure it's clear okay then if she continues tell her that you're going to start reporting these things so that you can file a restraining order because that's what happens when you try to file a restraining order. Again, another lesson I learned from that very abusive relationship, uh, because I tried to file a restraining order, you have to have like reports written. So you have to report each thing as it happens. Like a police report? Yeah, like you have to report it so that they have it on record. Otherwise, it's very hard to file a restraining order. So you have to have records of her harassment. Um, so when she's calling you, you need to track like Monday, October, you know, 20, whatever, 24, four, uh, she called me five times, you know, uh, this day she left a note on my car this day. I told her to stop and she kept going, you know, I'll, just record everything. Keep very, a lot of notes. And then, yeah, you'll have to, when you go to try to get the restraining order, you'll have to show them all this documentation of all the things they've done. Cause you have to prove that they're harassing you. You can't just file restraining orders randomly. like Which is such bullshit. It's I would file bullshit. restraining order against so many people. It would be so much fun. Dude, I would file a restraining order against Marshall Mathers so that he knows I exist and he has to acknowledge my existence. See, that would be good. <laughs> that See, that's really like, good. Stop being obsessed with me. Marshall. <laughs> that's, uh, Marshall, stop. He's, the judge uh, says stop. Literally, stop calling me so much. Do you exactly. need my number? I haven't. Do you, do you need the number? Stop calling me at 323. <laughs> I hate it. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so that sucks. That sucks. I'm glad that you um I'm glad that you are standing your ground. I'm sorry that you're in that situation. It's funny to me like when people don't understand why they're being broke up, broken up with, but then they're like crazy after. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> like they're going they're stalking you. They're, they're wound like, "Why up. don't you love me?" Yeah. Break up with me tomorrow. Yeah. That's so weird. That's so weird. <laughs> Was it a Friday night and she's like dressed up? She's like, "Oh, come on." Okay, okay, you don't want it's you don't want to be there. But break up with me tomorrow. Yeah, pretend you love me today. It's so weird. So weird. Why would you want to be with someone that doesn't like you? Anyways, thanks for binging. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're 21. You got a lot of life. Be fine. Be fine. 
Okay, let it be or stir it up. Longtime listener, I love the show, especially your chemistry as a couple. It re- has really motivated me to work harder on my marriage and the things that and things have been much better. Oh my god, oh, yeah. that's awesome. This brings me to my question. My wife suffers. Wow, why can't I talk today? My wife suffers from depression. She has her great days and her not great days, and things are getting better. But sometimes on her bad days. When we make plans to go do family things, she doesn't want to go. And I don't know if it's better to go on with our plans without her and miss and her miss out or push her to come with us and try to enjoy time together. Um, I think that you, you should let her let miss her. out. Yeah. yeah. You go let her be her. Yeah, I'm sorry. It sucks, man, because I, I get it. And she feels guilty. If she's, you if know, she's a reasonable person. going through. No, if she's going through depression. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does feel guilty. And it's probably contributing to that too. Um, yeah. Just encourage her to, you know, let her, like, yeah, let her be, definitely between the let it be or stir it up, let her, let it be. Um, but I would just be supportive. Just be a supportive partner. Um, encourage her to go to therapy um, and, like, find something that, you know, find a diagnosis and then, kind of get to the root of the problem and then she can begin to heal from it but um but yeah depression's a bitch man like you really just don't feel like doing even the things that make you happy and it's not even a personal thing like she could love doing all those family things and she genuinely just can't find the energy or the anything in her to go do it another thing that i've been reading about that i think is interesting about depression is if you just attack it in a way where you're like hey look you know you're not that sad why don't you just turn that front upside down what did you read about that? On the internet. Yeah, but what did you read? What did they, what did they say about they're that? They're saying, hey, you know, turn that front upside down. And they said to tell people that? Yeah, just if somebody says they're depressed, to be like, <laughs> try tickling them. I would, yeah, I would do that. And if they laugh, say, see, you're not that depressed. No, I, w- I would like the article for this. I'll send it to you. It was on Quora. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's an article. I think it was a forum. No, it was an article on Quora. Saw it. Oh, okay. Thank you. I uh, I object to that. Do you have airdrop on? I'll airdrop it to no, you. No, it's off. Okay. Um, but I I don't agree. You don't agree that if you tickle them and they laugh, they're no. definitely not depressed. No. All right. No. Okay. Watch. Oh yeah, you're not ticklish though, because you're so depressed, you're not ticklish. Yeah. See, it kills see, you. That's what it is. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, it kills it. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, let her just be be supportive. Yeah. That's all. I know you probably are already, but you it, sound like I know it. I know it feels like you want to do something to help her. I get that, but it's like literally chemicals in your brain. It's like you can't. You can't. It sucks. It sucks. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like it sucks because then you're like, God, my husband's so nice, and I want. I wish that his help actually helped, but it just doesn't because it yeah. just sucks in there's there. Just some days where I'm sucks like, in there. there's no getting in there, and then she's like. Maybe mad at herself for having depression, which mm-hmm. makes you more depressed. It fucking sucks. It sucks in there. Anyway, I wish her the best, and I wish you guys the best. You sound very supportive. And I wish you the best, Nikki. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, failing in my career. Please help. Plus compliments. Please, oh. cl- please call me Anna. Okay, Anna. Hi, Nikki and Steve. Thanks so much for opening my email. You're welcome. Yay. Compliments. You guys are the fucking bomb.com. Listening to your podcast and watching your vlogs has got me through some really rough as shit times. Aw. Thanks so much. It feels like you're my long distance BFFs. You never fail to brighten my day and make me laugh. Oh my God. I hope this episode lives up. 
<laughs> I always think we've, that. we've never failed like, before. How have we done, oh, how have we done today? Uh, how, do we do, how do we do that? Tasty Tuesday was my saving grace whenever I cooked dinner while living alone. Also, you deserve some major credit for encouraging me to be financially independent, true to myself, and to find the love that I deserve to have. Yes. It's tight. In the last five years, you've been there as I graduated university, survived an abusive relationship, bought a house, and found the love of my life. Thank you for all of the continually re relevant life advice. Love wow. you both. That's awesome. awesome. I love, love like you. this life arc. Now to the serious stuff. I've considered writing to you over the years, but I always seem to figure my shit out before I needed your advice, except for this time. Oh, shit. The tea. Long story short, I'm a journalist working as a newspaper editor in a small town. The job is killing me. I moved from an urban center of over 1 million people for this opportunity. This is a small but beautiful tourist town in the mountains with a population of just 5,000. My fiance and I were thrilled to make the move and be closer to our families. We were also able to buy a home much more quickly due to the rural, rural cost of living being so much lower than the city. I thought it was a dream come true. I feel like most people in this town don't like or trust me. Maybe because I'm a young woman in a management position, or maybe I'm just too sensitive and I take things too personally. On the daily, I receive angry phone calls, emails, Facebook comments, and nasty, quote, letters to the editor critiquing the content I've written. This has never happened to me in any of my previous jobs. Here, I'm often compared to the previous editor, a man now retired in his 60s, who worked here for 40 years. I find this impossible to live up to. Any changes I have made to the paper, like something as simple as adding a puzzle and a horoscope page, has been met with resistance and criticism. One, they must be Aries. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> One man even stormed into my office to point his finger at my face and yell, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just because his ad had been placed on the wrong page of the paper. Again, as a woman, this made me feel very attacked and unsafe. The worst part is managing our social media pages. The comments and messages haunt me. I've been through all kinds of insults like Hitler's assistance, my my personal fave, and, all, and the people I literally see at the farmer's market every week have threatened to protest outside my office and key my car. Holy shit. You can't avoid your haters in a small town. That's crazy. That's wild. I get that people are on edge with COVID being in, being front and center in the news, but why target me? Misplaced anger, honestly. The few times I get positive feedback on my stories, it's quickly erased in my mind by more negativity. My mental health is the worst it's ever been, and I have panic attacks at my office almost every day. I'm on edge just thinking about the next person who will yell at me or threaten to get me fired. This isn't what I signed up for. How do you deal with conflict? Does online hate ever get to you? Do you ever find yourself taking it personally? Should I just give up and consider changing jobs or careers? Please help. P.S. I'm in therapy with an awesome new counselor who to address my anxiety. That was my first step, but it was still awesome. appreciate your advice. Much love, Anna. Dude, I fucking relate. <laughs> yep. Um, this is Nikki's jam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine, though, it being in person. I don't no, know. No, I've never experienced that. I before. would have to well, move. Other than like bombing, like yeah. a stand-up show or something, or like bombing an improv show. I've gotten death threats. That was scary enough. I would wake up at four a.m. every morning because of death threats, and I thought that you know, I thought I could hear people in breaking into our house. Yeah. Um, I had a lady tell me I fucking suck after an improv show one time. <laughs> so weirdly, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that it is live, but I don't know. The online definitely feels bigger than it is because you're seeing so many at once yes you know it's like a bombardment yes it's like in real life you wouldn't it's like a, a mob is at your door basically um but yeah if in real life if i was at a farmer's market and people were telling me that they were going to protest and key my car and stuff girl i would move 100%. i don't know i, I couldn't handle that no. uh, some you're people not quitting either you're like you're retreating from a battle that it's just uh, not worth it. You don't it. have this, the manpower to, to uh, fight this one. Yeah, I would wage like the pros and cons because 
with if I had to take a guess, I would I would guess it's not worth it to to sacrifice mental health and happiness because of this. Tr- I mean, this is misplaced anger for sure. Like this is not not your fault at all that these people are this mad, like this mad that you're gonna threaten to key someone's car. Dude, That's you know crazy. And and for adding a crossword puzzle, holy shit! I yeah. mean, I gotta admit though, there's something that in this that I do relate to when people change things. Like for example, every time they do like an update. Oh yeah. And they're like, you have to update your phone app. And then they they move things around. I don't know where the hell anything is. I get so unreasonably angry about it. Yeah. But I have no one to yell at. But I would if they were there. If like, yeah. If like something popped up, it's like, hey, talk to the guy who did this. I'd be like, yo, fuck yourself, dude. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big company. So I feel like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's less personal because it's like I'm yelling at Google. Like, True. Like, Google's not a person, but I'm yelling at Google and I'm mad, you know? Exactly. But this is a, you're a person and I would, I just can't imagine like ever doing that to a person, but maybe people just don't understand. I will also say I relate to this because you're taking over for somebody that they, they feel like they know. Like this guy that was in his 60s that had written for 40 years, they feel like they know him. Just like you watch people, just like you've watched us for however many years and you feel like you know us. And then what if like all of a sudden there were just, we disappeared and there were two Too brand new, new hosts yeah. of Should They Don't Tell You and you never heard of them before and they're way different from us. Yeah. You know, it's not even that they're bad people. It's just that you were used to your thing. You had your routine. Like you listened to this person on the way to your to your job and like you just you got used to that person and so some people in that town probably really got used to reading this guy's articles every day for 40 years and then here comes you and your articles aren't bad they're just different, different than voice. that guy and voice. they don't like it they're upset and i have definitely taken over for a host before who was uh very different from me, different sense of humor. And uh, he was a guy and um, he had a a large, large following and they threw me in to take over for his show. And I got a lot of hate and it was hard because, and the more hate I got, the less confident I was in my skill. And it got to the point where like every week going in, I just was filled with anxiety and it was a bomb job. It paid really well. It was fun. It was quote unquote easy, but the anxiety like crushed me because I knew how much everyone hated me in the comments. Well, and it wasn't even fair because you weren't in control of the edit. Yeah. So, like, you would go in there and like, it, I used to help write some of your jokes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it wasn't my creative. And also in the weird. in the room, I felt like the camera guy didn't like me. Yeah. Like I felt like he didn't. he'd li- be on his phone. He'd be on time. his phone and there was no one there. So I'm like making jokes, but like no one's like paying attention. So I, don't, I have no idea of how I'm so doing. Brutal, like I can't, dude. it's hard to gauge. Like, so brutal. Even when you're doing stand-up, you can gauge how well you're doing by the audience's reactions. And so you can make adjustments kind of how you, as you go, like the way that you're delivering things. But when you have no reaction, it's so hard. And so, yeah, that job. And then you'd watch the edit and you'd be like, wait, that joke was written like that. this. So she said, didn't say it like that. And they, they used a weird cut. Yeah. It's it so odd. Or they left too much space in between things. It All was the time. It was bad. And... Or they'd punch in on your face during the middle of a punchline. Yeah. So strange. And I don't, you know, I can't, I can't complain because I'm like, it's not my show, but I just, yeah, it was hard because the audience, I was like, I would complain about the same things, you know? Like if I was in the audience and my favorite person that I liked, like got switched out for this girl and then they're doing these weird edits and it's not even funny. It's not landing. I would be mad too, but I took it so personally and I was on another show too where I replaced one of the cast members and um, there were a couple other people replacing cast members too. So they just didn't like the new cast members and they really liked the old cast members and I felt like I couldn't do anything right. 
And I would cry. I would cry to Steve all the time because yeah. I was like, you know, if I quit this, like I, I don't have something that I'm doing. Like I really liked working on the show, but it also hurt me that nobody liked me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And brutal. so, yeah, I, I don't know if people were, if I was at the farmer's market on my day off and people were still like, yo, fuck you for that, that one thing that no. you did on that episode. I, I could have to leave. Just know you're so not alone that it's actually crazy. Yeah. And basically all of our friends have the same thoughts. And I would say 80% of the people that I know want to no longer be on the internet because of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe 90%. Yeah. I mean, I really have narrowed it down to only doing things that truly give me joy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to do the trends. I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about anything. I'm just going to put out content that I like and then not look at it. Like, I'm not even going to read it. I, I do That's respond. That's really healthy, I think, actually. Yeah. I really actually do. I do respond to my vlog comments just because the, in the first hour. Yeah. Just because... Um, that's the same community. It's a small community. And I, I do really like having yeah. a small community that just is like, they get it. They, they're not expecting too much. They're like, that's why I like my crypto corners. And I yeah. don't, people like Nikki will be like, how come you don't like talk about it on Instagram or anything like that? And the reason is because I want to keep, I want to grow it in a way yeah. that is, is to the um, sensibility that I have. Yeah. Like keeping it smaller and keeping it so it's like, it's this, these same people and we're all like, we have the same vibe. Yeah. Rather than just inviting a ton of people in and then you can't control the vibe as easily when you're just dumping people. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, oh, like, you know, why haven't you grown your channel in this whatever way? And I'm like, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't like having a lot of, you think it's going to be cool oh, dude, having not, a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's, it's not cool. It, the more subscribers you get, because usually they're coming from random places if you grow your channel fast, like... The way that this channel, this current, this YouTube.com slash Nikki Limo, the way that this channel grew was like random cooking videos going viral or like collaborations. And so the audience is just all over the place. They don't know me personally. They just came because they randomly saw a video mm -hmm. and then they have these expectations of what I'm supposed to give them. Like, and I'm supposed to fulfill all of them. And it's just impossible because they, everyone has different expectations about what they want me to upload in. And so no matter what I uploaded, it was the people were mad about it. And so it's hard. Like I much prefer my vlog channel where people know what the fuck is going to be posted. It's just like random footage from my life. And that's it. It's like, I like it. I like them. They like me. Nothing's going to go viral. And hopefully and that's <laughs> the thing. Cause I went viral so many times yeah. that you start to lose control of, <laughs> of even your own creative because you're like you're thinking just trying of to please them and yeah this new audience that you have the standard exactly that's set, yeah and, and it just drives you insane and so that's why i really don't go out there too much and poke my head out and say mm. hey everybody come watch this or come yeah come be part of this right now like i don't i don't uh want that there was, yeah there was a time for that there was a time yeah. where it was like because you don't know and then like you found out you know you're like dream job and then you're like oh shit yeah you know public criticism is like Ooh, it's it's hard. Whereas if she was starting her own newspaper or blog, she would be in control of the creative from the get go. And and when yeah. they found it, the thing that they liked about it was what she brought to it. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the whole thing. So you're struggling with a couple different factors here that are against you, and it it just sucks. And I'm I'm sorry, um, because there's only two options you have: either one, find joy in it with like despite all of the people that don't like you, like just find like do your thing and try to block out everything out, which you've been trying to do and it feels like a lot um, or 
you know, find something elsewhere where you're free from that like mental prison. Like it or feels thirdly, like a- you say that you you release a statement in the paper that you were fired, and then you change your name to whoever the last guy yeah. was, Junior. Uh huh. And you're like, look, I'm his kid. I'm trying to make the way. And then, <laughs> and they'll have so much goodwill towards you because they have so much goodwill towards that guy. But it's such a small town. They'll they'll probably ask his son. Well, we'll just do dumb. the one that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The long lost son. Junior, junior. Yeah, yeah. Or you just happen to have the same name as the guy but, that they like. But point being is that the, the storyline is, is, that is a joke, right? But that is actually a true thing that people go by. Like where... Like if I if if people give the best intentions towards that warm feeling that they had, and even if it's a descendant of that warm feeling that they had, like they're like, okay, yeah, I'll give this more of a chance instead of just coming in cold, not knowing who you are. You're Katie Jones, and like, well, I, that's not the name of the like old editor. Yeah, and it just is. This just you weird can thing. you can do no right. Yeah, yeah, it gets to the point where like. If you make, you could make the same joke, or this is, I don't know, you're not writing jokes, but in my opinion, um, I would make the same joke as the other guy that did it before me, and they would laugh their heads off of the other guy, but if I say it, it's it's not good, yeah. or they'll pick it apart. The good will, there's no there's good just, There's Yeah. They don't, know, they don't know you to have the good will. They already expect you to disappoint them, so that's what they go in with, and that, you can't change it. Same thing happens with, like, frankly, hack celebrities who come in and do stand-up. Like, like they're, um, I'm not saying they're a hack, I'm saying they're a hack for coming in to do stand-up, right? Because mm-hmm. stand-up's such a thing. Yeah. And they'll come in and like the uh, because they're from a TV show or movies or they're on The Office, now they're doing stand-up and they might get more laughs than somebody who's like honed their craft and doing yeah. it. But they're easy laughs and they're, and they're just of their... goodwill laughs because yeah. they just like this person already from TV and they have already a beautiful in that, that the other people don't have coming in cold. Yeah, it's that's why there's crowd warmers and all kinds of shit, man. It's such a, it's such a game, dude. Yeah, it's it, the the psychology behind people. So interesting, and what crowds like is is very interesting, and you, it's really hard to explain if you haven't gone through it. So, um, I get you probably feel you probably feel alone, <laughs> but you're not. That's what I want you to like, take away from yeah. this. You're definitely not alone. Maybe you'll feel this way. Most common thing I have ever heard. When you're putting yourself out there like that, you were definitely going to have haters, and especially in your situation where you took over for someone that was already well loved. Oof. Good luck. Good luck out there. Um, we're rooting for you. All right. Well, that's that's all we have for today. That's it. But thank you so much for writing and listening, and I hope you took our expert advice very very mm-hmm. seriously Same. because we are masters of everything. Jacks have done. Correct. And um, subscribe. And my name is Steve. Check out our Patreon. Check out Crypto Corner, patreon.com slash sticky. That's right. Um, check out my vlog channel, youtube.com slash Nikki, for our regular real life. And check out my jewelry line, kittensandcoffee.com. I have a lot of things to plug, okay? And I'm just going to check do me it. out on the Just Kidding News. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Why, why would you plug your competitor? Not a competitor. Our, our, chief competitor our chief competitor. I'm on the show. Our chief competitor. That would be big mood. I'm on that show. I don't get it. Good night.